Explicit content, listener discretion, is advised. Hey everybody, it's George. Welcome back to the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast, episode 17. Today we have Chris Howder at the barn, Critical Electric Sound in East Kingston, New Hampshire. We've had Chris on the podcast before. He turned turned into a really good friend of ours. He's come out to do a seminar, and today we have him in the studio. We talk about jiu-jitsu, but we also kind of... Uh, talk about other things, namely art. And we work through some problems we have in our relationships together <laughs> and the love that's between the Riddler, the Wu, and I, and Chris. I think you guys will really like this. It's awesome. Chris is the man. You can always find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, greatnortheastbjj.com. Click on the contact button. Send us messages of love. Praise, positivity. Good luck. might start calling you Bubbles. <laughs> Does it? Oh, God, I, yeah. That's the weirdest thing you've ever said. Smells good enough to eat. That's not good when we're talking about Jay's butt. <laughs> wow. That's horrid. That's, that is, there's that a is. moment. There's a moment with everybody when they become an elite member of the academy. Mm-hmm. When they say something like that. Right. Elite status. Elite status. All right. Welcome. Welcome to episode 17. Is that where we're at? Episode 7. Yeah, I did episode 16 by myself. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> you guys thanks. don't know anything about thanks, that. Thanks a lot. Hey, I found out the day before. <laughs> you know, I told you like a week before, man. You were thinking um, about going up. But right. You didn't say yeah. like I'm going up. Uh, and plus, I was in a world of shit. I hear you. It was... So episode 17... Back in the barn, Great Northeast BJJ podcast. We're here with Chris Howder, our favorite guest of all time. Our boy, our friend, the man. Um, Just had a. uh, And the Riddler is not here, so the podcast will be all right. Yes, whatever the grade is, you get a plus at the end because the Riddler's not here. Um, Just had like an amazing seminar today. Uh, Chris, you feel like you like you talk. You're like, oh, I talk too much. Blah 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 blah. I think that's like the best part. It was awesome. Yeah, man, the stories are just amazing. Well, it certainly would be a lot easier to be a a public speaker than a old arthritic <laughs> guy who sh- shows chokes and gee grip rips. <laughs> the techniques were great, though, man. Like. All stuff that fits into our game, and but little details that like maybe I wasn't doing. Um, so I loved them. Lots I of loved stuff. It. Lots it of great. stuff I was I wasn't doing. Uh, like your back attacks, man, are are sick. Nasty. Like I would never want you on my back. No, man. Uh, <laughs> like I need I need some Advil is what I need. I need some Advil too. I'm sore, stiff, beat up. So you just came from the Globetrotters, man, and I don't even know how anybody lives through that. It's like four days of like eight hours of jujitsu a day. Um, 
it's I, w- I couldn't even make it one day. Youth. Like, yeah, one day. I, w- I, c- I was done. I mean, I, after that, I'm like, my wrist feels like it's broken. Youth, fitness, determination. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, it's tough. I mean, it's great. Like, that was a great... Thank you all. I guess... So we should talk about sponsors. Um, Tortuga we, Soap Company. We got those? The greatest thing on this planet Earth. And it even smells good. Smell makes you smell makes Jay's butt smell good. Even maybe no. my butt. Hey, I am clean. You know, I have a thing about cleanliness. Can we do a TED talk about Tortuga soap? Big ideas. Big. That's a big idea. Big soap. idea. Tortuga soap. Big idea. Soap. Yes. Big. The Earth. <laughs> big. That's right. Let me start my slideshow presentation. My PowerPoint. <laughs> tortugasoap.com check it out soap for everybody not just the kind that um, cures whatever ails you the kinds that smell good bath bombs everything let's talk about something important let's talk about fisher cats yeah man uh, so yeah, all right we can just talk about fisher cats because we're in new hampshire right they're actually so fisher cat is really not the name i took a class environmental Science class one time in New Hampshire. What do they call them? Fishers. They're fishers. Did you correcting from fisher cats to fishers? Yeah, dude, because they're n- it's like koi dog. Like a koi dog. There's You're no a koi such dog. thing as a koi dog. <laughs> <laughs> there's no such thing as a fisher cat. Like people say, fi- because p- the rumor was that fishers and cats could mate, but they can't. Just like coyotes <laughs> and dogs actually can't either uh, because their cycles are different. They're operating on different cycles, man. Well, what about yeah? If well, they, what well, dudes and donkeys can too, but that well, wait a minute, make wait a minute. Natural. What if they? Uh, what if they like lived in the same household for a while? I heard that about one one sleeps women that, one sleeps in the day and one sleeps at night. No, I know, but if you like, you know how it like uh, you guys are gonna find this out later. But like when two oh, women really? when two women live in the oh, same geez. house, eventually their menstrual cycles begin to coincide. There it is, right there. <sighs> Fastball down the Boom. pipe. So why wouldn't that happen with Fisher cats and regular cats? Because it, they're not because the, one of them in, would it of, might in about a hundred thousand years. One of them would be a boy. Why is your microphone on like nine thousand? Yeah. Can we put Seriously. yours on zero? <laughs> like <laughs> So mine's, <laughs> mine's the same level. I just speak with a professional voice, Jay. Yeah, you sound like what's his name from WKRP in Cincinnati. I don't remember the guy. Venus name. Flytrap. Do I sound like Venus? Venus Flytrap and Doctor Johnny Fever. Not bad, no. man. Herb Tarlick. Herb Tarlick. You sound yeah. like the guy on Who's Pirate guy? Radio. Les Nessman. Les Nessman doing the fake helicopter reports. So what? So Chris, what do you need to know about fish? This seems like an like this is an no. I think it's just one of those. One of those East Coast slash Midwest slash South creatures that we don't have in the West Coast, which just looking at the pictures of them, they look like fierce blends between a raccoon and a puma. Yeah. Right. They're small. They're a lot smaller than a puma. They're like a giant weasel with huge talons and, and a, a badger long, face. And a long tail. And a long tail. But they're bushy, so they look bigger. They almost like look like teddy bears kind of. And they'll bite the shit out of they you. They will bite the shit out of you. They will talon They will eat your, your stomach first. <laughs> right. And they will make sounds in the middle of the night like babies dying, screaming, screaming. Yep. There was one in the, uh, in, in the culvert by my house. 
Then they uh, live in culverts. Yeah, because like <laughs> there's water, like the runoff, there's got to be a tube underneath my driveway so the water can run off. There was one in there making that noise, and my dog wanted to go there so bad, and I was like, probably best that we don't do that. Let's just... They're sneaky. They draw you in. They draw you in, and one couldn't take, you know... My, I know my dog grapplers 60- who do that, who are yeah. sneaky, and they draw you in. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. like what, what we saw Damian Maya do to Carlos Condit. He did a, He did the Fisher Cat to He him. did the Fisher Cat, like... The the thing is, they're actually man. When you, I mean, I've always loved them. I think they're. I mean, like should get one for a pet. I saw a guy that I'm friends with on Facebook. I don't even really know him, but he's got a raccoon for a pet. It's not natural. <laughs> it really is. It's not a domesticated. Animal. I love raccoons. Yeah, yeah that cat. The, so the cat we got in my house is a is they call it a Maine Coon cat. Um, it's like a special breed of cat that gets large, you know that, and so, and they sort of have a raccoon look to them. Uh, but they call so they call that a Maine Coon cat. They're huge. It's a pretty big. What cat. does your cat weigh? Twenty five pounds ish. That's a big I think. cat. Twenty twenty five. Like my cat's a fat cat, and she's like nine pounds. That's she, a, your cat's a big cat, but my money's on the raccoon still. Oh well, it's a wild animal, dude. I mean, yeah. wild animals. My cat's a my cat's domestic. Yeah, it's domestic, dude. My cat is like it, it. It's not built for the street. Yeah, but there are domestic pets. Pitbulls, German Shepherds that are definitely, they may be completely domesticated, but they are fierce. Right. Do you put boa constrictors? If you have a boa constrictor in a cage in your house... I wouldn't have a boa constrictor in a cage. No, I'm just saying, would it it be... Is that still... Because you have to basically (laughs) hand feed those things after a few years. Like, you'll throw a live mouse in there, and they'll let it run around for three hours if they're not hungry. And then it becomes a live rabbit and... Five more years, and then it becomes right. a deer in twenty years or whatever. Right. So, so is that a fierce animal anymore? Once it's been like, because you can domesticate a dog and it can still be. Yeah, fierce. But I don't even think boa constrictors were considered fierce. They're more well, like just like overwhelming. And they're reptiles right? too. They don't have the mammalian brain. They just have the reptile brain, which is very primitive, at least from our perspective. So I. I don't think when you pet your pet a boa, it's <laughs> going, oh, that feels so good, the way your dog does. Right. I don't know. We're kind of in funny territory. What about turtles? Do they, do they know that? I don't know, but I got a funny story about an alligator. Okay, go. A long time ago, 15, 20, probably 15 years ago, I was working construction, and my buddy calls me up at like <sighs> 6.30 in the morning. George. I need you to help me out. I was like, ah, what's up, dude? And then we're living in New Hampshire. I'm in Washington, D.C. I was like, oh, man, how'd you get down there? So he's got a problem with, you know. Authority. No, problem with drugs. Um, so we ended up in Washington, <laughs> D.C. Every good story starts. So he's like, George, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go fi- feed the alligator. I was like, oh, Jesus. I got to feed this. So he's got, he's got an alligator in Portsmouth. And, think, and he had hairless cats and snakes and Chinese friggin' water dragons. This is everything and, that's uh, not natural. Like you don't like cats should have hair. Alligators yeah, should not be in your condominium. Nothing, nothing normal. And so, so, but this is like my one of my best friends from in my entire life. So I can't really say no because I've been through thick and thin with this guy. So I'm like, all right, dude, I'll go feed your alligator. So after work, I drive over. He's like, all right, we got like frozen rats or whatever that you can, you know, you got to get out of the freezer and stick it in. He, the alligator's got its own room. 
you have to microwave it to heat it up? No, man, I didn't. No, I don't know what you really do, but I go over there <laughs> and I open the door because I'm like, no problem, man. I'm going to feed an alligator. No big deal, right? You know, it's a pet. I open the door of the alligator's room and I instantly knew there was going to be a problem. Because it's know? free in the it's room. It's an alligator, dude. You the thing is five room. foot a, long. A room? Yeah, it had its own room. But he and wasn't he, pool. he wasn't had, harnessed up. He was like nah, free. No, nah, and it wasn't a full grown alligator either. Is this like, oh, that's bedroom number one, bedroom number two. Don't go into bedroom number three. Dude, the house is like nine hundred degrees because he's got to keep it so hot that like George. Yeah. You can say no. I couldn't I couldn't say Should've. no because this is my boy. I had to take he had done stuff for me. I had to do if, something if, for him. If what you're yeah, but like bringing you a coffee at work is one thing. <laughs> what I'm like what Jay's saying like like if if what you feel responsible to do to pay him back is to go into his 900 degree house with it. a free alligator and feed it, I can't imagine what he did for you. Wow, well, man. You know, we we grew up together. We okay. partied together, man. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah. Enough said. Um, we've been through a lot together. Listen, you call me up at 6 in the morning. I'm coming to feed but your it, alligator. That is true. George you know? would do that. George, so, can I, call you, I can call you up at 6 in the morning? I might be sleeping now, nowadays. I'll probably be sleeping. So, I'll, I'll give you a call back when I wake up. So I, I know I missed the beginning of the podcast, but you introduced everybody and we well, did the whole we love Tortuga I, thing, listen, right? Don't worry about what we're doing. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't we got a handle here. on this. Don't come in here with your iron fist and your rules. Right. And wishing it was about jujitsu. This was supposed and to be punk and rock, And letting, le- hey, like, addressing Chris. I brought... I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was talking about boa constrictors, which is part of the theory that jiu-jitsu is based on. Chris wants to talk Jeez. about fisher cats, okay. right? Well, that's fine. No, I mean, I, honestly, <laughs> I don't want to uh, talk about anything that I don't know anything about. I just know that from the images yeah. and, and their screams in the woods, oh, man. that they seem like little demon dogs. <laughs> I, fisher I gonna, cats are scary. I'm going to have to uh, agree. They hiss. Oh, the alligator. We're moving on. Riddler don't want to talk about the alligator. Yeah, let's talk about the stuff that Riddler wants to talk yeah. about. What do you want to talk about? I want to know. Loons? What about loons? I have a question it's about... It's kind of a New England thing, too. I have a jujitsu question. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right, so I'm, um, what, like three years into the jujitsu thing, right? Oh, this should be way better by now. Probably true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Although, yeah, it depends on who you compare myself with, right? It's true. Okay. So anyway, uh, I'm noticing, at least at our club, there are a number of uh, older guys and women who are coming in to the club. Are you calling Amanda an older woman? Oh, boy. No. Holy Jesus. But swallowed your foot up to your knee. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) That's where it is. You know how tough the ride home is going to be now? It's a common situation. Amanda, I think you're an excellent blue belt and a fierce competitor. And I think you're younger than Jay thinks you are. I think you're 19. I think you're. I think it's. So what's your question? Ah, anyway, thirty-six. See, I was close. Okay, so seriously though, there's a lot of older guys coming in. I think a lot of this has to do with the way social media works. I think that the, you know, I saw a meme the other day, or like an ad the other day, like running sucks. Go to jujitsu, right? And to be honest, I, I Both get are that. True. I get running that. Running does suck. I feel like that's that. It is. It's sort of been codified as something that someone, let's say, over 30, whatever, would have no trouble running, starting. Running feels really good from the waist up and really hurts from the waist down. Right. Especially you, as you age. 
I, I agree with that. I'm too old for that shit. But I think if you look backwards, this is why I'm asking you in particular, Chris. Like, if you go back, I'm sure, like, whatever, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, that you didn't see so many 40-year-old dudes starting jujitsu as much, right? It was a, it was a different kind of thing. No, I, I, in the West Coast, we always had a wide range of ages in the class. So people coming in as, as sure, older, older people. as older yeah. guys. Now, you will not see... 40-year-olds at the local gymnastics club. Right. That's kind of what I'm getting at, yeah. Or the local judo club, for that matter. Oh, like They true. fall off with age, right? Well, the impact of judo, I think, does have a shorter shelf life right. than the impact involved with jiu-jitsu. Right. right. And, then, and, when you're, and it's relatively simple to mitigate when somebody's overdoing it, forcing it in jiu-jitsu. It's a little harder. I come from the judo thing. Uh, where if somebody's forcing it in judo, somebody, yeah, it's pretty, someone's going to get hurt or could get hurt. It's harder to mitigate that. It's harder to just sort of dance away because when the throw happens, the throw is going to happen, you know? Yeah, and <clears throat> and like all uh, uh, combat sports, if the environment set by the uh, coaching is done in a protective safety first way, and of course, you know, it's, the, it's a spectrum, but you can go for a long time without much injury. You right. will uh, get injured. Combat sports, you're going to get hurt. Real combat sports, you're going to get hurt. You will lose lots of times. No matter how good you get, you will have days where you get owies and you don't perform very well. Right. It's nature of the beast. I think also that you know the, the big injuries... I mean, as you get a little bit older, like, you know, back and neck. Necks and knees. Necks and knees. But at the everyday stuff, what I think people that don't do jujitsu or don't do like the like jujitsu or judo or wrestling, what they don't understand is like the fingers, the toes. Yup. Like the skin pinches on the inside of your biceps. Monkey bites, shit. yeah. Monkey bites, like that. White, shit, your ear gets blown up. Most of the yeah. time that's white and blue belts who skin pinch. You give them a good pinch back a couple times <laughs> and we'll go, here's how that feels. And then they quickly learn, oh, grab cloth only. Right. Well, I guess what I'm getting at is you got, I mean, obviously there's a business sense to it. I mean, every club would like to increase the number of people that are there and they want to invite everyone. Then there's like the art sense of it. You want to invite everybody into the art. But I mean, I guess what I'm saying is in 2016, is jujitsu set up so that it's a little, it's more friendly? I'm trying to compare it to someone who's 40. Let's say you get, you get a 40 year old guy who's like, I just want to. Not really, I want to fight club this, but I just want to try something different. You, know, you run into that age group where you're like, I don't know if I did everything right in my life. I want to do this. It gets them out of the house. I think it would depend on what school slash academy they went to. I absolutely think the, the environment generally, which is the coaches, instructors, set that tone with whatever it'll be. And there are schools that definitely are more competition schools that favor the athletes, which tend to be the youth. But there are guys who, you know, they're, they spent, they're a high school wrestling champions and spent eight years in the military. Yeah, I'm and not talking about those guys. They yeah. end up in uh, jujitsu in their late 30s. And then by the time they're 45, they're pretty darn Just good badasses. badasses. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like in the guys, like you see, 
on the competition. Well, like yourself, who go out there and compete have been training for a really long time and are just you, Salo. There's a lot, yes, a lot of tough older guys who have a lot of role left in them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Do you think, as a part B to that question, so you were asking about the kind of the accessibility of jujitsu. Yeah, well, I'm asking folks. about it from the newbie. That's what I'm saying. Not right. me, but I'm saying someone's forty. You're going to come in. We all know you can, but right. I'm wondering it because it was one of the things I'm kind of we're going to step on each other there. But it's one of those things you were talking about before today when you uh, so Chris came in to a seminar today at, at Port City, and you were talking about. You know, regardless of the position, regardless of whether this is some, you know, twisted up, inverted, blah, 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 am I going to get hit right now, right? And one of the things I took away from it was if, as I'm rolling today, and I'm trying to apply that, I'm like, wherever I am, am I going to get, could I get hit right now? It actually made me sort of hyper aware of some of the parts of my game. Absolutely. I tried to do it when we were rolling today. I was like, am I going to get whaled right now? Like, it just... It's good to have. I don't always have it in the back of my mind. Yeah, that's like why I always say think street. Right. I don't say practice street. I say think street. And I think it cleans up your sport and art with jujitsu when you think street. Right. Could you, do you mind backtrack for those that might not have not, might not have listened to the original uh, podcast that we did with you? Uh, just the philosophy, philosophy behind that. Your your ideas like the you know, yes. the three the three. Well, I, when you when you have a martial art that is a street slash self defense oriented style, you can't really practice that with fully at it. Otherwise, everybody gets hurt. We're going to start eye gouging, groin grabbing neck esophagus punching and so we have to create a system in which we can train realistically and there's all kinds of offshoots of that which quickly become krav maga is, is like pretty good for that as a polishing school then you start getting into systema and it's you start creating bullshit because there's nothing that keeps it in check the sport is practical it's a practical way in which we can isolate one of the ranges in the combat sports whether it's the on the ground range the clinch range the hand striking range the legs of muay thai whatever it is each art each combat sport tends to emphasize one of the major ranges or areas of hand-to-hand combat. Right. And preserve whatever part of that art that it needs to keep it relative for real hand-to-hand The primal combat. roots. Yep. Right. Kinda. And I think why I say, you know, you practice the art because the art is a limitless thing, and the art is where... We get creative, innovative, where the new stuff comes. That doesn't come when you're thinking with the fear mindset of the street fight. Right. Or if you're completely trapped within the parameters of the man-made rules of combat sports. The art starts to become, instead of more an art, it becomes an efficiency of 
deploying what's allowable in that venue of a competition to a maximum a skill. There's no doubt watching good college or Olympic wrestling or judo or any of that, you're going to see the state of the art, a state of the art, A-R-T, right, right. displayed within that sport. But in order to expand and go new, you've got to at least dance outside of the man-made rules of the sport. Right, right. Well, definitely in something an example like wrestling or, or judo, right? So judo changed on at one point. A couple, well, it changed a couple of times. Many times it's changed. But the most recent major change was this idea that because of X, Y, and for reasons, you couldn't attack below the belt until you were already being attacked. Hey, why don't we be honest about what the reasons are? In order to make it more spectator, the friendly. Russians uh, and and Russians and wrestlers, right? We're grabbing the legs. Yeah. Thank you. And either scoring the quarter points right. or even epons. Right. I'm not resisting that. What I'm saying, yeah. though, the, the problem with that wasn't, well, there were, there were it, it's not like because they were Russian. It was because the sport itself was slowly being taken into a more, uh, I don't know, almost like MMA look, or Sambo looking kind of sport. And so what they were trying to do is, quote, preserve what judo was. The funny thing is, it's funny, you mentioned it, uh, Chris, you mentioned it today at the seminar. It's like, you know, I started freaking forever ago. It was almost 20 years ago. George, same thing. George and I were both then. You know what it's like. You're, you're looking at Kosen Judo and stuff and, and things like that. We used to get them on VHS tapes, you know. Right. And that's a lot of the shit that we do in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was there then. But you couldn't see it, it in, but you didn't see it in Olympic Judo because it was outside the rules, right? And they sure. kept trying to preserve this thing. But there's no way the original vision of Judo was a bunch of dudes grabbing each other by the chest and trying to throw them. That was never like that. So it's what I'm getting at, though, to, to pull it around, is that in the end, you look at like wrestling or Olympic wrestling, it's like I tried to watch this time, and every now and then it's fun Greco's to watch. Greco is painful. But both of them are, because the idea has... How many pins were there? Like none? Like it's not just because everybody's a total stud. It's because the way the rules are kind of set up, that you're going to make more points this way. They all end up going for the Turk or whatever. The, I don't know what the hot sure. thing is right now. And, and everything, we, we, always, we often forget and we change over time is what is the point? Why are right. we b- b- doing this? And sometimes the point becomes the sport. Even if you started for some entirely other reason, you fall in love with the game, the sport of whether it's the epon, the pin, the guard pass, whatever it is, we fall in love with the actual sport because the sport is practical. And the art is one of those things where we can even fill our, our we, we could start to believe our own bullshit if we're just practicing artsy effortless try to minimize strength before we know it we have aikido right and aikido is is probably the height is philosophically it is the height of martial arts right the art capital a art part yes right there right in philosophy that's what we all want to do is effortless with motion and timing. Times everybody in the whole world. Nobody can touch me. Yes. 
Yes, you're right. But that is not <laughs> a practical. Do. Again, and the sport keeps it honest. Because if you just have street and art, you get Sistema. You get Aikido. What keeps it honest is let's make a set of rules it's and versus. see what works. Right. Go at it. Right. And when you, so you were talking about the, the five combat sports that you feel. Five that primary combat primary sports. Primary. That, that, that both add into MMA, but in my opinion, those are the five. If I was going to send my kid, of, of course, I would be like, I would be very heavily biased, but. All five of those, it was it was jujitsu, judo, wrestling, boxing, and Muay Thai. Yes, all of them, they go over techniques the way that any other sport, do, any other art does, where they say, "Hey, we're going to learn this technique." But then, every time you get on the mat, it's okay. Now it's me versus you, and I'm not going to let you do this shit. Mm-hmm. And you're going to try to make it work, and you're going to do the same to me. Real resistance, real resistance. Boxers, real punch, effort, real re- timing. No prearranged pattern, nothing fed. Right. And that's what you. makes those five different from all the others. Yes. Because, you know, and there's varying levels. Like, I don't mean to insult the karate guys out there that are doing that, you know, the full contact, like knock your head off type Machita, stuff. Machita karate or yeah, something. Yeah, like I'm not putting that down. I'm just saying the majority of the outside of that five, there's a lot of bullshit. Sure, because that piece yeah. has been lost. That was more than more likely than not. It was there at one time, and now, yes. but now it's not. I mean, it's like I, I I've heard I haven't experienced it, but I know a, a Marines who've been over in a Korea, and they will say that the a Taekwondo that the a Korean Rock Marines do is looks nothing like the Americanized. Olympics right. sport taekwondo league parkour looking yes it 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 looks a lot more like what we might call a blend of muay thai and hapkido it it right. looks something more like that it, it is in essence how it looks if you find an old a judo club that has no interest in the sport which is rare now you will find a guys that it looks much more like Sambo blended with a little bit of older style Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. So two things on the table. One, if I were going to make a Brazilian jiu-jitsu video game, one of the arenas, one of the locations I would put is your garage because it's it's like this iconic place, Chris. It's like Thanks. everybody knows what it is. Everybody knows where it is. They know how it looks. You can almost picture it, you know? I like my house rules. That's why I asked you. I was going to say, them. so when you go, let's say we just showed up, right? You're like, yeah, come on, let's roll over the garage. What do you? What rules do you roll with? Here's my house rules. If it's padded, it's in the game, <laughs> including the walls I love that so and including other grapplers. I'm always telling the guys at our place. Like, yeah, you can on. push off of other grapplers. You can <laughs> push <laughs> off of the wall. You can use the wall to stop one angle of a sweep. You can stuff a guy in the corner. You can walk the wall. So good. And I I like that just because, again, it adds an element of fun. And I think martial arts should be fun. If it's not fun, why am I doing this? I like having fun. And it's playful. And at the same time, to preserve the reality of my quote, you know, think street, 
If you're ever in a street fight, there's an object within arm's reach. Right. Whether you're outside and that's a curb, a telephone pole, a parked car, another body, there's always an object around you. And in the sports, we remove all those objects and put right. a little field of a containment. A soft field. A soft field of a containment because <laughs> we don't want to get hurt. But I do like having objects in, involved in, including other grapplers, which are movable, mobile objects. It's just like, I, and it's just fun. And I'm, I like reaching over at some, when I'm rolling with some, a blue belt and, and I see some a black belt's neck that I rarely have a chance to, to choke, I'm going to reach <laughs> over and grab that neck because he's involved in some role with some purple belt who's already worn him out. Do you mind right. keeping going with the rules? What other what do you what are the rules you roll with? My other house rules? Yep. Shit. I've got all kinds of them. <laughs> low hanging fruit. What does that mean? What is the low hanging fruit? <laughs> I don't know if you want to ask these guys. Wrist locks, <laughs> foot locks. I'm not against them. But I as a general rule, upper belts, the higher belt should not be the initiator of a low-hanging fruit attack. I love your house rules. You attack your peers with them, and you can counter. So the purple belt attempts a footlock on the black belt. Now that opens the game up. Right. Now the black belt can counter. But I really don't like black belts footlocking blue belts. I just think that's kind of a shitty... I agree. It just seems like bad etiquette and bad jujitsu. Feels like you should be able to come up with something more technical of let's let's attack position. Like that's the kind of thing that often occurs when uh, I'm not having an easy time passing the guard, so I'm gonna grab a foot and sit back with it. And it's like, no man, if you're a black belt and you're rolling with a purple belt, you should figure out how to pass that guard. Right. Not that, and I'm not again. In fact, we were rolling today and we were going after feet, you and me. Like there was a moment where at we a were certain both. point it was like, yeah and and usually a lot of times I like to bluff them as well because I want you to at least pull part of your brain out of whatever game you're involved in. I work like a charm and <laughs> stick it into your feet. Right, your analogy of uh, of jujitsu and poker I think is really good, man. And and bluffs like man, it's unbelievable. Better, maybe better than chess or whatever. You know what I mean? Like the bluff we were talking yesterday about how you use yes. the triangle as a bluff. Mm -hmm. um, but chess is how you learn the moves of a jujitsu, and there's definitely an intellectual game of chess happening. But at the same time, we're having a poker game, right? Like, you never look tired when you're rolling. Like, you don't give someone an indication of whether you feel one way or another about what they're trying to do to you. That's the poker face. Man, it's unbelievable. You, you, I still like, need to learn that. you got to stay in the poker face. Another rule I have, no knee starts. No knee to knee starts. These are the best rules ever. I just think that's ridiculous. There's no sport that, it's pr that you, you begin knee to knee You'll never go knee to knee in the street. If you are, you should rapidly stand up. And I, I go to places and people want to do knee to knee starts occasionally because maybe I, I'm a guest or whatever. I will do their rules. But I believe hmm. in, in standing starts or you pick a distinctive right. position. Roll, yeah. well, and the neutral start is guard or standing. 
Mm-hmm. Those are the two neutral starts. Most people don't pass from their knees. I mean, you can, obviously, at the low-pressure pass or the you know over-under kind of thing. But most people stand up at least part of the time when they're passing anyway. So it's, it's funny because someone's usually going to stand up to pass anyway. A lot of the times it just doesn't occur to me or to someone else like well just i can fucking stand up too it's like i kind of have to stay down here you know the judo guy he's like well i'm gonna get you want to get up i'll get up too but we kind of stay down obviously as i get better at this i'm more aware of it i i think it's something that we've um probably in the last year or 18 months we've become hyper conscious of it yeah at our our club people are standing a lot people come from other academies that start like my you know i like the thing that i i really hate is people that have a set of techniques that they do from the knees and that's complete bullshit like this is not a real position and you're like like jujitsu it's a way for us to start the role where like sure and that brings in what i call rolling honestly what is an rolling honestly as opposed to not rolling honestly, right? Mm-hmm. Like an, an example of what would not be is saying, oh, you know, my elbow hurts on this side and go easy on that. Whereas like now you're handicapping your opponent. Right. What would be the more honest way is just say, hey, I've had a knee injury. I made a tap really early. Or right. we may un- end up in a spot where I just go, hey, tap, tap, tap. J- just know that whatever you had, you will get anyways, but I'm going to stop gonna tap early. before because I don't want to get hurt. Right. I rolled with a not guy yesterday. Not don't attack these. I rolled with a guy yesterday who did that. He's like, oh, you know. And he was not being like shady or anything, but he's like, you know. My knee hurts, and the whole role, I I was like, felt like, man, I got to be super conscious of this guy's knee. Like, and I'm like, am I hurting your knee? Am I hurting your knee? You know, because I don't want to hurt the guy. But it kind of like, you know, it 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 kind of did put me. You know, I don't know. It just made me. F- yeah, I used to do that all the time coming in. You know, I, I used to be a, a wicked spaz too at the beginning, but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I used to. With, Jay, you came in like not after not long after we moved. You ended up doing some. Remember, you had a knee surgery and all right. that. I don't know. Looking at you, going like, okay, is it this one or this? One? You're just looking at me like, I will self- just fucking roll. I'll be fine. You I'll know, you self- were. I'll self so right. protect. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I yeah. got a bad knee. If we get to a bad spot, I'll tap, but just roll. Yes, right. And, and if, that, that if everybody yeah. is rolling with a sense of personal responsibility, n- no blaming, and they're rolling with compassionate care for their teammates. Mm-hmm. You get honest rolls. Do you get that at the garage? Do you, I mean, I think people will probably super respect, have a little bit of hyper respect for your rules, that kind of thing, just because of, you know, you have a little bit of a, a, a legend behind you and it's really the garage and all that. But you're going to, and you're also pretty direct. I remember I, when we were at the garage, you said, a couple of things about how to roll and all that and everybody was really respectful but you have a lot of people in that place i mean sometimes i do yeah i mean so do you just continually drive that home i mean is it do you find that it's difficult to people keep people from just sort of going all right today i'm just gonna fucking dominate i think most of the time most of the time when when people come to someone else's peeing grounds right i see yeah just like dogs there's you know a little bit of sniffing we make sure everyone's cool and then (laughs) we can play right and most of the time in human modern culture there's no more really such thing as people storming the dojo right 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 
And I think that's pretty clear when someone's there for that. But at the same time, sure, people come to have a, a competitive role. We're all comparing ourselves to others, especially our peers. We compare ourselves to other black belts. That's the gauge. I know like a lot of the older black belts, for whatever reason, some valid, they stop rolling. Right. They only teach. Right. And that's usually when the systemist type stuff right. starts to creep in. Because what keeps it honest is the role. Right. Hey, when you talk about like comparing and, and stuff like that, and we're talking about the garage, how do you, I mean, you have a certain, you must promote people. How do you, what do you base your promotions on? You know what I mean? Like as someone comes up. As a general guideline, right? You are ranked within your peer group. If your peer group is young, athletic, male, adult division group, that is your peer group. So you might be a 25-year-old former high school wrestler, good blue belt, who occasionally subs black belts. Does it mean you should be promoted? Not necessarily. Because it's also gauged against your personal potential. Right. If you have the older, less athletic guy, never done any martial arts, the threshold for him to achieve the rank of a blue belt is going to be lower performance-based than, say, the 25-year-old back-arching, knockout <laughs> pull-ups and dips athlete. I mean, that seems like there's a little bit of a collision course going on, though, because at some point that can't, you, that has to change, it's right? It's a loose guideline. Right, right. Right, everything's loose. I, I mean, really, if you think about the whole thing, the whole belt system is rather stupid. I, yeah, I get you. I agree. Yeah. Unless we're trying to create um, competition, the divisions. Other than that, the belt merely is a symbol that you've gone, you passed a milestone, and and we as humans, we, we, we love a story. We love narrative. And the belt is part of the story, and it's part of the narrative. And it's a way for a coach to evaluate and gauge, and it's a way to actually have a goal as well. Right. And it's a way to have sporting divisions. And it's a way to, even if we weren't having sanctioned competitions by uh, profiting organized uh, bodies or non-profit groups, we would, it still is a good way to go, okay, the new guys wear white belt because we have to find out what you are. The, the story I always like, and who knows if it's even real, but e e even if it's not, even just the myth of it's wonderful. Like, even if you don't believe in Jesus Christ as your personal savior, blah, blah, the mythical story of it is still powerful. Right. And I like to think of the belt as like we all begin as white belts. You don't wash your belt. Eventually, that belt becomes soiled and starts to look brown. And that's how, in, in my opinion, 
is whether it's real or not, is the story of how, like in the old Bacardi days, there was only white, brown, and black. And I think that comes from the age where you didn't have washing machines. And my black belt, my original one, is a real Japanese belt. And it's never been washed. People ask, oh, that must stink. It doesn't smell. Anyone who smells it, because it's a different kind of cotton. It doesn't have those synthetic... Fibers like rash guards that after three times hold your stink. You know, it, it, it's, it's another thing. And then when you've achieved the rank of a brown belt, then either you're awarded a new black belt or that belt has a black silk swath sewn over the belt. Right. And mm-hmm. then it wears through again and it becomes white. We add colors because humans, especially in the West... It, that's why they added them and why book Korean arts added 20 fucking colors. People don't like that gap of waiting in between a belt. It's too long. Show, yeah, my, get, show me that you feel my progress kind of like pat yeah. me on the back a little. Yeah. And, because we want instant gratification, quick reward. Yeah, and social media makes it even more scary. Millennials now, right? make it the worst. Yes. So if it was just three divisions, white, brown, and black. Right. Sporting-wise, in some ways, that might be better. Right. Yeah, I mean, the original, the really original judo was white, brown, black, and the rules were pretty simple. It was Epone or nothing, or give up. You know, there's no, you know, know, you go... Epone or tap out. Yeah, tap out. And it's got to be, you know, we go back to the role. The role is important in jiu-jitsu as far as where your progress is at and how you learn to do techniques against a resisting opponent. I think belts then in an environment where that is not happening on a regular basis becomes a really fucking weird environment. And we call I, I don't know if you guys have the same term out there, but the pussification of jujitsu. Yeah, that's or, a common term. I think it was Kurt Osiander who coined <laughs> Really? It. Right. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> well, he said something like that? Yeah. <laughs> it's a great term. It's a great of term. Of course, in Kurt's fantastic. It is. And do you and, think it's happening? Do you? Th- I mean, do you think? I think it is t- to an extent, but I also think, what does it matter? That goes right. all, yeah, the, all the, the way back to the first question. The only thing that really, yeah. really right. matters from a selfish angle is <clears throat> how's my jujitsu doing? Right. It's true. That's and where then, that, yeah, that, yeah. Right. As an instructor's thing is how are my students what jujitsu doing? See, this leads into the whole ideologies and uh, politics is individual versus the uh, collective. And no one is purely an individualist. I don't care how much Ayn Rand you think you are. <laughs> Ayn Rand took social security and stuff in her old age. It was a book, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I don't care how a collective you think you are. That's always the group, always the group. Your thinking of that group be based on your own personal needs and the collective, how the collective helps you personally. And there is a transcendence which many religions and spiritual m- movements would talk about where y- you, you gain moments of true altruism. So if the true altruism of jiu-jitsu is to preserve something like some older form that we might think is a better, or is it the all 
a truism to become an all-inclusive thing. So th these are all things where th they're all on a spectrum. And there was a time, which I, I, I get, is it was kind of told when I was new, and this is not everybody gets to be a black belt. Not everybody gets there. Not a, and you can pretty much, just by showing up, become a blue belt. Mm -hmm. To get from blue to purple belt, you're going to have to earn something. You're, you're going to have to go through some learning and some painful brain rattling to, to, to go, God, this. how do I make this work? And then, so most of what I say, white to purple belt is the acquisition of knowledge from white to blue it comes fairly fast right. and easy every class you gain something new then it starts to get harder and then to get through your purple belt you kind of for some academies it's blue now because they sandbagged the blue but when i was coming up it was the purple belts who would get bagged and you kind of have to go through something, a trial by fire. You, you have to find your strength and really hone it in. Mm -hmm. Then you become a good a purple belt. And then to get from purple to brown belt, you address your weakness. And you, you, you find what you're avoiding with your strengths. And then you attack that part. And then you're complete and you're a mature grappler, which is why I say the brown belt is the ma mature belt. The, the, the blue belt is the eager belt. The purple belt is the cocky belt. The brown belt is the mature belt. The black belt, you go back to being a white belt again, and then each stripe, you kind of go through the same thing. You find one stripe... White belts often is eager. Right. Two stripe but black belts, all of a sudden they're cocky. Right. And then you go back to be confident on your third stripe, and then you get all of a sudden humble because by the time you have four stripes on your black belt, <laughs> you're, you're old. fucking old and beat up. Right. <laughs> you go back to being humble again. <laughs> you kind of hit on that. You guys mind if I ask the question? I've asked it a, a billion times. You can but... ask it, but I'm going to pee. All right. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll take a break. Go ahead. All right, we're back. Yeah, so I mean, I have a a, a pretty solid question, uh, I think, for Chris. But uh, oh boy, wow, lay it, lay it yeah, in there. We'll, 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 we'll transition it. Yeah, you can you can translate. Oh, we'll give Chris a, a chance to. Get we'll tell you if here. it's lame or not. A solid question. Yeah, yeah. that so. beats a loose, exploding question. Yeah, right. those guys can do that shit. No, we can, so I'm gonna judge the shit out of this question. Uh -huh. <laughs> Lame. So ego. It already Jiu sucks. This question sucks. <laughs> and jujitsu. And I, 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 I'll just throw it out. I mean, I think maybe there was a time where the there's like a I don't know. So let's go to social social media. But I think most people at this point are going to discover jujitsu through maybe some word of mouth. They might see something, or they're probably going to get some sort of social media on it. Number two, they're definitely going to get online and be like, all right, what's going on? And they're going to run in right off to the top, which is you know, jujitsu, you check your ego at the door, it's going to break you down, you're going to get into the, the Joe Rogan rant, which I thought is a beautiful, you know, conversation about do this, this will make you re-examine yourself, etc. 
the bottom line is, does jujitsu actually break down your ego? And is that good? And does it last past white belt? I, what, I think what he's asking is the difference between ego and pride. Yeah. I, um, well, I think you've opened up a can of worms. Oh, I know. I, <laughs> and you can feel yeah. free to just fucking. Hey, can you judge, judge A through F uh, the quality <laughs> of his question, please, before you answer it? You can leave it on me. It's all good. We're not talking about it. I anymore. think a basically good natured person through a combination of some genetics and natural disposition who is brought up well is going to find a jujitsu or some religion as being something that to improve themselves. Right, we were talking about this and last night. I right? think Where? that somebody who has a general narcissistic d- disposition who is basically an asshole <laughs> can go into the, the, some spiritual movement that preaches the opposite of everything he does and he still becomes a manipulative, narcissistic pastor of some cultist church. Pastor of some cultist church. Whether that's the Church of Martial Arts, the Church of Jesus, the Church of Thor, whatever it is. Yeah. There are, I, I think that that's what happens. And I, I think that that is a natural place for somebody who wants to manipulate innocence to go, would be to become a martial arts instructor or become a religious leader because it's right. a perfect place where... Somebody's showing up and and going to be vulnerable to you, right? And in and you're you have the power, whether that's power of actually controlling them with a martial art or controlling their guilt and shame through a religion. Oh yeah, or whatever it is. Well, there's, there's a certain amount of uh, fealty you're going to pay as soon as you walk through the door. But and and let me just say this out loud, not just for you, Chris, but for the people that are listening. I'm not trying to open a can of worms to be dramatic or I'm trying to do a gotcha thing. I'm I'm legitimately interested in this. So then how why didn't that pastor when they walked in with a white belt and they went through white, blue, purple, why didn't that narcissist shit wash away? Why didn't they lose their ego? Why did jujitsu fail them? Is it them? Is it an instructor thing? I don't know. Okay. Uh, I I mean I who knows? I I I I mean we, we do know that us humans, we all have it. We have an amount of hero worship. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have this, our, the, the, our drives, the collective and the individual, we have them both. And we are, we are more readily adaptable to yield to the drive of the collective, mm-hmm. especially people who think that they are such rugged individuals, their willpower stronger than anyone's. It might be, but still, depending on the level of magnification, you zoom out and you realize that they are a product of their environment. Yeah, comparatively with other people who may actually be much more badass. And I, but I think the the student, especially it's it's true with jujitsu. Uh, you know, that narcissism as a student walking through the door, the 
I'm going to use this opportunity to boost my ego. I, you know, that we have all seen that it's not an effective place to, to an effective no, door no. to walk to for, for that. Right. But right. the narcissism of the instructor, on the other hand, is is something that can be hugely detrimental. I mean, it's a, if you're going to open an academy and you're going to say, I'm going to be an instructor, you there's a certain responsibility you have for what, call it a service that you're providing, whatever you want to call it, but... Um, you know, this some it means. I know it means a lot to you. I've been to your academy. I've rolled with your guys. They're all super tough. There's a sense of I'm doing this right, and then there's you. You read about it all the time. It's my favorite thing to watch when some guy, um, who's the guy? He he does the he does the do, the dojo storm, and he calls it out to me. He's like, dude, you're a bullshit oh, black. You're a bullshit black belt. You're not a real black belt. Who promoted you? It's all wishy-washy. Like the lines of integrity with belts is very clear. If you've got a black belt and someone asked me where I got my black belt, I can tell them straight away. Like, here's where I got my black belt. This is when I got it. And here's who gave him that black belt. And like, I can take you all the way back. So I, I wonder. And then there's this wishy-washy, like bullshit of people putting on belts that they didn't deserve. And then trying to impart that knowledge, lack of knowledge on people and it's not so much like if you know jujitsu and you're teaching, you know, senior citizens like they they're sick of swimming in the pool and sure, that's and, fine. Well, but uh, if you, you're not real, if you're faking it, all right. Look too, and and then here's the thing. All right, martial arts in America is probably one of the last completely unregulated industries. Right. For better or worse, there is no state governing body you have to get more certification to be a kickboxing instructor at the 24-hour fitness or a massage license than you do a martial arts instructor license the question is is that a a good thing or a bad thing and and i think there are valid arguments on both um, sides and ultimately it is a self-regulating industry right totally. or is it because then you've got all these uh, bullshit martial arts out there so what would we do we would then pass a law to create a state sanctioned yeah. body oh, wow, in which yeah. <laughs> grumble, yeah. grumble, grumble, right? grumble, grumble, grumble. Yeah, we all know what that means. Right, right, Every right. time we try to go compete right. or whatever, it right. might clean up the Sistema BSs yeah, yeah. out of the way, but it's also going to create a bureaucracy of stuff. Let's like, but talk about the FDA or the EPA for all the problems that they have and all the little occasional blurps of extreme or minor uh, corruption we are all glad that the food and drugs we uh, right. uh, take go through some screening absolutely should we have that same screening with martial arts and i i say define, no yeah i was gonna say you would have to define all of the different martial arts and you have to get standards for all the things I just uh, I, I don't, don't even think massage should yeah. require some <laughs> I'm actually, certification. I don't know what I don't want to be misunderstood. I mean about <laughs> the original question there. I mean, obviously, 
I'm really happy where I am. I'm not talking about our school or any of that kind of thing. Well, I'm actually going the other way. I'm saying, why don't we just drop this whole, you know, it's good for your ego, blah, 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 bullshit. Let's just cut it out. It's a fighting art. You come in, you're going to get your ass kicked. And at some point, you're going to get good. And at that point, you're going to decide, am I going to just fucking run train on everybody in the place? Or am I going to be a good guy? And can we just sort of, it just seems well, sure. So and it's like, even the... The term ego, which came from Sigmund Freud, well, yeah. Freud, even that term, I don't even think we're actually using it yeah. in yeah. the way that he meant it, right? And you know what is a healthy ego, and what is, and then people have gone into you know whether it was the '60s or the rebirth in the '90s of the spiritual movement and crystals and self help and. Get rid of your ego, <laughs> transcend your ego, nirvana, namaste, all, all those right. like, I, I mean. I, Why is that even good? I don't know. Right. But if you go back 100 years ago, the 200, it was all about pride. Pride was a very powerful thing, especially among males. The male patriarchal honor of a culture has reigned every a culture to a greater or lesser degree at one point. And then supposedly as an advancement, which I believe it is as, as Western culture advanced, that has become less important. So that kind of goes back to the pussification, <laughs> which is also saying the ending of the male patriarchal honor. Right. Well, culture, which as I was speaking earlier, but, but tonight I admit that I still have a lot of. Right. If my neighbor wrongs me to call the cops on him, to me, you're a rat. You're a right. pussy. Go talk to right. me. Come knock on my door. Right. And, but I understand that in modern society, that's not how we handle our problems anymore. Well, well, We're supposed there, to yeah. yield to the state. Uh, there's a line. Which is the police. Yeah. It, Go it, tell your teacher if you're getting picked well, on. But, the, but, that's, but the, the thing is, though, right? So, to, to, not to pile on to what you're saying, but we're literally in martial arts at time to time, periodically, looking at the student and going, here is something you should be proud of. It's your new belt or your new stripe. Now, here's a really hard one. Here's your whatever, purple belt. You really need to be proud of this. So the idea that you're trying to get rid of pride is sort of separate. But the thing that's that's so difficult for me is you you look at instructors, you know, just just watching on the internet, just looking at social media, looking at what people say about their instructors, watching that. And then the people, of course, you meet all around, you know, in our case, around New England, you know, there you can all pick out instructors who somehow have made it their own plan. This is my, the thing I'm going to give you, kid, or a person who's older than you, or who's new or whatever, well, is uh, I'm going to break uh, your ego no, down for you. Well, but that I mean, just sounds yes, like yeah. what a bully does, right? I mean, yeah, I mean then bullies are great, right? Because they just break your ego down. That's not what we're talking about. Sure. and But like who, once you're through it, does not look back on their life and say whatever that awful, shameful experience made me strong. You know, that are, are you does asking not who? kill us, makes us... But, but there's an answer to that, Chris. The but people don't that don't make it through, it, through right? Then, <laughs> Those people are very sad yes, about that, right? Exactly. <laughs> if you look, if you look on Instagram right now, or Facebook, 
and you didn't know you would and you didn't know about jujitsu. You would see a thing. You would be like, "Wow, jujitsu is like this mysterious, magical thing you, that cures on, that cures everything it's and makes for everything. makes bad people good and yeah. cures cancer. It does and cure it, everything. Yeah, thank you. You know, but I don't. I, why do we have like to tortu- make like tortuga? Soap. Like, <laughs> like there's people that are just bad people, man, and they might be good at jujitsu, but they still suck as being a person. Yeah, right. And there's people that I think maybe like. Well, that's true because now what always comes in into the martial arts and the martial arts hierarchical model. That's some martial pure martial artists would say that's because they're not martial artists. They're a combat athletes, right? Which right. they might say isn't the same. But that's that's an interesting trying thing to, to put. That's yeah. also now a way of one upping the combat athlete, saying that somehow the martial art is a higher form. Is right. it? I don't know. I mean, when a Football player, baseball player, boxer, jiu-jitsu athlete is doing their a thing I've always found that is spiritual. You ask, what do you mean by a spiritual? I mean spiritual as in directly what it means, the opposite of material. It's, it's a transcendence into a non-material feeling and material attachment you uh, surrender you surrender attachment to the, the ultimate material thing, which is your body. So that sacrifice is the spirituality. That sacrifice of Jesus or any of the other things is the spiritual metaphor. Is that the same as like you like achieving the state of like, you know, I'm at jujitsu and I for two hours I'm not worrying about the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Is that because like that's a, something jujitsu does right. do. Right. I mean for that's what I think it really does. Guaranteed. Do. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it does. But is I Is that the, is that spiritual? I think so. You see, I think people place too much Hollywood hocus pocus special effects and or ancient religious fairy uh, uh, tales onto what spirituality means. That's what you mean. Spirituality yeah. is the opposite of material. Uh, spiritualism is the opposite of materialism. Right. And it's it's if I was going to use any ancient philosophical metaphor, I think the uh, uh, Chinese were the most accurate in um, yin yang, but Taoism and the nature of a duality. And the forever being trapped in the duality. Intellectuals get forever trapped thinking they're not in it anymore. And so is there a transcendence of that? Is that even possible? Is it even possible for us to go in this state that we fantasize we could get to? Or... Do you just do something because you like it and then you're in the now and that's spirituality? Maybe it's the, the stakes. I mean, it's funny because there was that meme a, a couple of months ago where there's this woman who's just, you know, choking the living fuck out of some young guy, right? Jeff, right. our past ghost. Right, right. What was the quote? Like, like jiu-jitsu people is People like, watching people the murder ch- or something. And right. these people calmly watching a murder. Like, right. Because like, that's what, if you're on the street and there, was, there wasn't a tap and like, I yeah. could just kill this guy. Well, no, but it's it's like, even when we're, like, we go to the club, I, I, I certainly don't think 
oh, wow, I better tap because I'm going to die. I mean, you just kind of get used to the situation, you know. But the amount of trust that you put into the, the guy you're rolling with is pretty high. Yes. And I think that does have something to do with getting to the moment. Yes, I think so. And we are animals. We are primates. We're a troop of monkeys, baboons, apes, yep. gorillas. And but jujitsu is definitely a fulfillment of primal need that is often lost within modern Western uh, culture. Yes, we are knuckles all around. We are touching each other. We're grabbing each other. We're rolling around. We're throwing each other. It fulfills that body contact need. It fulfills all kinds of needs. So. Yes, I, I I mean I I know why I'm hooked on it. And I know why when I don't uh, grapple for a long time I crave it. Yeah. Because it's a, it's it's a very primal need. But do I think that thing in and of itself creates some form of higher a consciousness oh, or higher right. all a truism? I don't necessarily believe yeah, it does. The, the latter, but it I might agree. be yeah, yeah. an important part of somebody who is seeking yeah. that path that they find something that connects them to the primal gorilla monkey animal need that we all have. Right. I think it, it I think it I think it does. I, I I agree with you that I don't think that uh and it sounds weird because people are going to, you know, they the people that are they live, eat, breathe, and sleep jujitsu. It's like when you say it's not, it's not going to take you to this zen. You know, the, let it's me a, just interrupt. Would, would Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton be somehow better people if they did jujitsu? Definitely. What about Vladimir Putin? Absolutely. Right. Doesn't he do something? He's an what do you asshole, mean? He's a, and yeah, he but he's does a really he's a classic example of what we're doing. And Judo. There's the classic right. example, right? But you can absolutely but, and, but he got his slash kicked in when he showed up too. But but this uh, is but this a is, certain way in, he went, Great, now I'm gonna kick everybody else's slash. But here's the thing, here and this ties in a little bit to what we're talking about, is that uh, you know, I I take myself as an example. I've said this a million times, you know, Roberto always tells me that I don't, I like to train, but like everybody likes to train. I like, I have to train because I'm a different person when I'm not doing it. And uh, I, you know, I, the, the way to addicted, addicted. Yeah. Addiction's not good. But the way to the, the, the world's a funny place when we're out, when we're outside the four walls of the Academy, our minds are filled with a bunch of bullshit that doesn't really matter. Some of it matters. And some, and but most of it doesn't fucking matter. But when we're in there, we are living in the moment, and we are forgetting about all that bullshit for a little while. And I think when you're talking about achieving a higher state of consciousness, it's about ignoring all of that noise. Sure, and that's also art. Art is the least useful thing in the world, yet the most important thing in the world. I agree. But jujitsu is probably the least important thing you do, utilitarian-wise. Yeah, you're not going to make a living doing it, It's It's the highest form of thing that you do for peace of mind or whatever it is, right? I'll testify in two sentences. I make music for a living. Music is everything to me. And 
I spend as many nights or days training jujitsu as I do working in music. Because to me, one of them is the highest level, at least I know of, of the life of the mind. The other one is, for me, the highest level of the life of the body. And I feel like for me, I choose to spend time in both of those. It's not for everybody. That's my thing. But I can't, I couldn't agree with you more. You could do worse. You could uh, I, music and jujitsu being so most funny. of your time. All the bullshit that you, you guys know, uh, guys like me have been through, and a lot of people at the club, which is something I kind of wanted to bring up. But it, it, you know, people say it solves depression, it saves all these things. Bottom line is, I don't get upset. I don't wake up in the morning sad. I wake up fucking tired or pissed off or like or like you know a little depressed or this why but not anymore but but man i'll tell you it when people say jujitsu saved my life i have trouble watching people testify we have a friend who uh, kind of testified sort of against his will somebody recorded him live uh on the internet and i can't watch it because it's too real man you know the the jujitsu thing i had music to pull me through the worst time of my life and these guys got to know me about a year after the worst time in my life where it was still the worst time in my life. And jujitsu saved my uh, whatever. In other words, I never took it out on anybody. I never got my, I never went to jail. Sure. I never and, killed anybody or my kids are good. Yes, but it's because of the life of the body. Sure. Because it's a vehicle. It's a vehicle yeah. of mind, body, and spirit. It's a vehicle of my, yeah, I can, yes. And it, it, it is, and again, it fulfills those primal pack animal primate needs of grabbing, hugging, rolling. You get moments of conquer quickly followed by moments of defeat. Then you reconquer. Then you get defeated again. Despair. It's this constant circle of if, if you're in this because you want all wins, if you want all a carrot and no stick you picked the wrong martial art well until you get better than everybody else in the club then you just get all wins again and right? uh, for maybe not, a i'm not talking about you jay time. but not then about there's there's always somebody who comes in and submits you right they submit you they put you in a place where you if it was suddenly real you would have died in combat and this is what i'm talking about the difference between ego and pride you get a guy that walks through the door. He might have been. He could have been a Division One collegiate wrestler, and he's saying he wants to learn jujitsu. If he's pulling his ego onto the mat, and his interest is not to learn but to win, he's gonna quit because he's gonna get his ass kicked, and he's not gonna like it. But and so jujitsu has a natural way of putting you in your place and saying, "Hey, if this is why you're here, it's probably not for you." But people learn, and you come along, and then you get your purple belt, and then you say, like. I love my like the, my proudest moment I can think of is watching like one of the purple belts at the academy who are really good and can throttle people helping a guy along and be like do this don't do that and then when you get to train with other purple belts or other elite guys that that are on your level in your uh, how did you describe it uh, they're in your class peers your, your peers you can go that's when pride shows up it's like oh this guy's we're going hard this guy's trying to pass. And I'm saying, fuck you, not today. Don't accept. You're not passing. Don't accept. You know what I mean? And that's you where you shall pro- not 
pass. Right. And that's where pride is okay. I have pride in my jujitsu. Like if I'm rolling with a peer, I'm you're not passing. I'm not going to let you do what you want to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. Shut it down. Shut it down. But <laughs> ego, ego would be if I just throttled all the blue belts that walk through the door just to just to promote my ego so I feel better and I can drive home that night saying something like, "Oh, I submitted 17 guys tonight." That fucking that's bullshit. All right, so so I agree. Pride versus ego, Star Wars versus Star Trek. Good. These are the things I wonder about. Just gonna let that sit. I, I <laughs> love Star Wars and Star Trek, with the exception of the last three Star Trek movies. Wow, I love right. those movies. But this sucked. When, when he told me, oh, yes, right, no, I was and like, the, and, whoa. The music, no, and the music for on, one of the Star, on, Star Trek, on. one of the Star Trek TV themes oh. was really horrible. It sounded like fucking Brian Adams. Remember that one? That was the Enterprise. That was bullshit. Where's yes, the Riddler's was horrible. That was a horrible. <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay, the last three. Star Treks. They, did they hire brilliant creative directors who ran the visuals? You mean the mo- yes. movies, right? But the script, yeah. the content, and the stories of them sucked. Agreed. Because what is Star Trek Here's about? Here's why it sucks. Man. Here is well, why he's it sucks. You. Hold on. <laughs> I know. I can't lie. It blew my mind. Here is why it sucks. Star Wars, okay, is a dark dark depressing doom story it is fratricide patricide planets being annihilated women and children being destroyed in balls of fire presented in a pg kid-friendly western in space way yep it's it's a star trek is intellectual ponder the meaning of life the vastness of space and time, science, emphasize science fiction, presented in an adult way. And when you reverse that, you fuck them up. And the last <laughs> Star Treks are butchered because they turned them into spaghetti westerns in space with cheesy one-liners and trying kids. to rip off ah. the past. Yeah. Right. Turning them into a shoot 'em up Instead of go for the future, to boldly go where you have never gone before. Well, they're going Not where they have been before. Not right? repeat yeah. the past <laughs> and turn it into Star Wars with Star Trek uniforms on. And throw in a little bit of sex with aliens. Dude. Sex with aliens is always great. I... <laughs> I actually wrote this in-depth thing about sex with aliens, and I'm telling my a, a pal I'm a genius, and he, he he proceeds to tell me this whole thing how this a character in Orange is the New Black, but Crazy Eyes writes this erotic sci-fi, right, oh, right, right, right. and I was mortified because I thought I came up with that idea, and then it goes back to things, because there are no original yeah. ideas, yeah, exactly. right? Exactly, there's more than one way to tell there's a damn no story, original right? Ideas. Come on. Right, yeah. we've been around too long for there to be any more original ideas, right. but movies are like the worst case of that. How many Batmans do we ha- have we had now? How many reiterations Don't even get me started Spider-Man? on stupid superhero yeah. movies. That's I can't just, handle that, it anymore. That's a financial thing. I can't thing. handle this is, it At this anymore. point, this is not about the no, lack of ideas. It's, it's financial. It's, we know it's it is. money. And it's, it's appeal. It's just like... Right. It's just like the music they make that has the three-minute and 12-second song 
that appeals to the 14-year-old girl who's right. going to buy music. It has to have something about summer, something about love, something about heartache, you know. And Yeah, and, and why he was mean to you. It, yes, a boilerplate. <laughs> right. Bad breakup. And the, the, the comic book movie and the last three Star Trek schlock fic films are also aimed at a market that is too stupid to ponder the universe. They're too stupid yes. for science. How, how do I say I like those movies makes me seem dumb. Dude, this blew my mind. Yeah, <laughs> we're driving, need to review everything. That's we're how, driving back last night, quiet. and he laid this on me, and I was like, I felt the same thing about Star I was like, man, I really thought that. And then I started thinking about it, and I was like, oh, my God. By the He's way, right. by the He's way, right about this. If, if you look into the history of J.J. Abrams, like you're like, oh man, he did all these amazing. I'm so un un im. Pull it up, pull it up. You won't believe it. The bullshit, Abrams. The bullshit that this guy has churned out. Well, he's a you, okay, here's how we know this: that it is a who you know and who knows you world. For sure. That's why when you go. To the right school, whether it's your Exeter High School or Phillips then your Exeter, Ivy League, right. whatever it is, your friends and peers become the people that move and shake the, the world later on. And just because he's an idiot who played foosball his way through college because he got through Yale. Your president. He could be the president of the United States. Right. And that doesn't happen occasionally it does based on based book, on a solid amount of cocaine but community college and <laughs> rich mount Nixon. shasta community college is not going to probably produce the next president right but you ask yourself why like you're right it's who you know or or what family you jj abrams to. got to make it because he got picked that's right. it because he got picked here's my ego on the line I would do a way better job. And here's why. Because I would mine the Star Trek fans, which there's so many of them out there, that know the universe. They know to the millimeter of what patch was hung on what series and why and when and the timelines and how everything works and how warp drive works and how you can't warp near a planet or you'll blow the atmosphere off and all these... The science... They would have been, they would have given their advice, stories, and knowledge to J.J. Abrams for free. But that egomaniac did not consult one Star Trek fan. So is this like making Star Trek appeal to the masses, like jujitsu? Trying to make jujitsu appeal correct. to the masses. You know what and I'm saying? And who cares what the masses think? Because when you create real art, as Gene Rodden. But Barry did. Real art, it sticks. Star Trek ran for, what, four years, and then they pulled it off for the air? And then what happened? It became a cult classic because it's real art. Because real art sometimes takes a while to be digested, appreciated, and then it emerges. And then we recognize the value of it. And then the Star Trek becomes this iconic thing and it could have been a thing where I would watch it with my kids and grandkids forever. These last three movies could have been brilliant. They could have introduced new characters. A Captain 
Picard was a completely new character. You don't bring back Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. They're done. They're over. You start something new. You don't imitate. You innovate. And Star Trek is the epitome of making something to sell to the idiot masses who want to see a spaghetti western in space and cheer and get a cheesy Arnold Schwarzenegger-style one-fucking-liner. <laughs> and they also are making this for the Indian and Asian market. Right. Because they spend more money than we do now on the movies. I used to say this about... So I like Ian Fleming movies. Or, Boy, I sure talked a lot of crap right there. <laughs> no, it's all right. I, you yeah. know what? You didn't, you didn't say a single word that I disagree with. I, I wasn't a, an original Star Trek guy or Next Generation guy. Like I didn't, I didn't watch a lot of it. Your IQ wasn't high enough. You're, prob- you're probably <laughs> yep. right. You'll never, hear, you'll never hear an argument out of me. That was the nail on the head. Which is why I probably watch Bond movies. <laughs> right. But, I love Bond movies. But here's the thing. Daniel, so Bond is like tall, thin, dark, suave, all that stuff. Then they bring in Daniel Craig. Look, I'm going like, to hog it up again. I'm going to hog it up again. Go here. for it. Okay, Bond. Bond works in the time and place that it was made right. in the Cold War. In, in an age before the integrated circuit. In an age where having a James Bond watch or car was revolutionary. Right. Nowadays, we have iPhones. We all got it. We all, we got all have James Bond right. stuff. Right. So, so the story can be picked apart by the internet. Like every movie, I'm like, man, this dude just So we got to go into something else with Jason Bourne. So they should stop trying to remake these James Bonds, just like they should stop trying to remake the old Star Trek. Start with something new. Right. Risk. Quit then- looking at your charts and your marketing surveys and your algorithms and analyses and do something creative and new. What do you think about the Rocky movies? <laughs> no, I, I ask this because if you think about, like, uh, Rocky came... like Rocky <laughs> I actually really liked this last one. I heard it was... I've never so seen did, it, so but did. I heard it was really I good. I really liked it. I, I, think, li- I liked yeah. it, too. I what, think of it Creed. Just, Creed, yeah. I watched it on a plane... Now, when you watch a movie on a plane, it is not the same experience right. as watching it in a movie theater. Why? Because when you're at 35,000 feet, alone in your little seat pod, and you're missing your family and Anything kids, is good then. Everything is different. Right. And you're a projectile. The emotions are longer. Shit movies are really good oh, on Oh, man. Yeah. Shit movies have a phenomenon of being better on a plane. Yep. They just do. And then there are movies that are created for the big screen. And without it being on a large screen, it sucks. Example, the Revenant. What was that? That last Leonardo DiCaprio? I saw that on a plane, actually, I think. That horrible movie to watch on a small screen. Right. Because that's about seeing and envisioning America before it was paved in asphalt and buildings. Before there were mini malls on every strip, when there were wild bears, where there were regions of America that were completely wild. Right. Which, all of which, to go take a slight tangent, is what Ansel Adams had the, the capability or option of doing, but then just took stupid pictures of fucking wide angle bullshit and made it black and white and everybody bought it. 
Whoa. Well, so, but, wow. he, but that ended Whoa. up with the, with the fun, but but that but that journey, <laughs> hammering Ansel Adams, right. where you I know, got a nice I, Ansel Adams picture. Well, I was going to say where I, the where snake you got river and the Grand Teton. Yeah, Jackson Jackson Pollock you did the up. same thing, which is why everybody at a certain point in time had art in their house hanging on the walls that had absolutely it was like three brushstrokes this way in one color and one like this. And they were probably teal and pastel colors in the modern, like when everybody had a modern looking house. And it was bullshit. Not it wasn't bullshit. Yes, it is. You were doing great up until it was no, bullshit. No, but here's the you thing. You don't get to make that good call. Art, good you want to know who's bullshit? <laughs> art is not in the art. Andy Warhol's bullshit. See, that's what I'm talking about. He's absolutely... Andy no, Warhol. No, he's not. Art is... Yes, he, uh, it, art is not in the, in the eye of the beholder, dude. You, Basquiat about it all day. is yeah, what some... Street guy who who Andy Warhol had a crush on and got to smoke his pole and <laughs> but do but children do art that my kids do and suddenly it's worth millions of dollars. That's what I'm talking. That's about. one. Hold on, but okay. you guys are great. All that's the, the one thing that's bullshit is the money. The art is whatever they're going to make. The Let's bullshit is whether it whether it goes okay. for two million bucks. Then there's the angle of a commodity. Is that's art exactly a commodity. right, and that you can make a then call on there's all day. This. Right. Yeah. Then there's this, which I understand, right. and, and my my uncle, who's you know like an MFA and a wonderful artist, he can talk to you and tell you why. That blue canvas with the red uh, a dot is revolutionary and sublime. My pal, Rob Abeda, who, who's, who like designs for Stussy, Nike, and all those things, he could tell you why that postmodern art is relevant and innovative and original and all that. Sometimes I believe them when they're telling me it. Sometimes I get it. I see why they say that that guy that... Amy and Hurst bullshit Michael Jackson thing or the urinal <laughs> upside down and whatever is somehow sublime Important. and art and somehow represents the transition of 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 Spider Guard to Barambolo and, and, and somehow now funny, we're yeah. supposed to go wow you, yeah you, you know but you, but you took the words postmodern art period but other times I say you're right it's all fucking bullshit it's it's the the point of it is somebody's still gonna do Spider Guard you know what I mean like like it's it, you can go like I can say right now I really Barambolo whatever it's just not me right. So I'm like, Barambola is bullshit. But it's someone's going to do it. Riddler, I'm going to ask you this. Okay, you are a musician. Right. And there are musicians out there who can play covers better than the original uh, guy. You use the better word, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, I I, I use that word. All right, their interpretation of that or their mimic. No, I get it. I get it. Is craft technically better you don't hear their finger slightly I, miss a I, I hear, on the I hear guitar. what you're saying but yeah, you right, know what the problem is, but right? is that art is right. that art or is it imitation right all we're doing to do in the next five six minutes is talk about the definition of the word art do I, it you start riddler go if that's what you want you're to talk about i'm an artist but i yeah. am not a good right. art historian okay i'm go, a hell of a right. critic but i'm not a good historian i'm a, I'm a fan of your art um, but it's funny. I, I can use your art as an example. I right? love your art. I think you do an amazing job, and you've got a great eye for it too. 
I rip off a lot of good stuff. There's no one who doesn't rip off anything, including Jackson Pollock. That's right. Every, so, every great, ja- okay. every great artist once traced something. You well, good artists copy, great artists steal. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can just put it to bed in a, if you want. I mean, well, so, so what, you, what you don't know. The warning here is: I actually I teach this shit too. I'm a yes. I'm a professor at at, at, a, oh, at a music professor. college. Yes, you, you, you what are I'm saying a music is, yeah, no, let me let me no 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 no, no no Let me give you the Not real this warning. Unregulated right. martial right. art <laughs> called jujitsu. jumbo. You guys don't like where I'm going with someone. Someone gave him a business card and a piece of paper that says I'm wicked smart. You don't you don't know where you are a professor. You don't profess. You don't want to know where I'm going with this. It does. What I was going to say was, I literally get paid to teach this, and that doesn't fucking matter either. True. I'm going to make a piece of music right now. It goes like done. That's the end of the word. There's no. I don't believe in the word art with a capital A. If I believe that, if you believe in it, you got to believe it in a multiverse. Your version is different than my version, is different than Jay's. I'll tell you one thing. I never understood. There's a jazz musician, obviously, you guys know, named Miles Davis, for those who are maybe younger and don't know. Fantastic old dude represented in culture, certainly in my lifetime, a lot more than just dude And it was the L.A. jazz, too, wasn't he? Yeah, but also lived in other places. Bottom line was, but represented even more than just like, uh, can play the trumpet really beautifully, right? You just careful the chord, take it. There you go. And the short of it is, this guy, I never got. I grew up in a classical musician uh, household, and so everything I played was in time. I have two classical musicians and psychologists as parents, uh, doctorates. So everything was perfect. In time, in tune, the right way, culturally correct, contextually correct. And this dude's like, Ballet. Yeah, basically. And so this guy's taking the trumpet going, and I'm going, I hate this guy. I hate this guy. Look at that. Look at that filth. You guys are back on. (laughs) Stay with me for a second. I just didn't get it. I didn't get it. So at that point, that wasn't art. But when I got a little older and I realized that he was telling the story of my goddamn life that I was about to happen. And I'm like, I don't want this life to happen. I really liked it a lot. Then... When my heart was broken, I couldn't listen to him anymore. And now, when I look at him, I remember that sweet feeling of how horrible that part of my life was. But I remembered all of a sudden it's possible that he was writing about the same thing and playing. You see, this word art lives in this multiverse of time and experience. And you didn't live my life, and Jay didn't. So if you fucking hate Jackson Pollock, I'm great. Right, but, but you can't look at me I, uh, and I tell me like Jackson yes. Pollock. Yeah. <laughs> I love Jackson Pollock. But let, See, let, I, let Jay go. So now, Jay, you're going to tell me I have to like him or not? No. Okay. I, I'm going to tell you that art is not in the eye of the beholder. That's your definition of that's this. No, 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 no. Partially true. I would because, say partially true. Just because, so if I go over to the keyboard and, and I mess around, like, like, like if someone doesn't, hasn't heard enough music... Mm-hmm. And they're saying you got to listen to this band, man. They're awesome. They're awesome. They're awesome. And, then, exactly they, and then you listen to it, and you're like, "This music is fucking terrible." Yes. This is like this has my, nothing to do with art at all. But, all right, hold on. Yes, I got does. a question. Yes, it does. <laughs> okay, I got a question. Let's say you aimed yes, your your parabolic reflector out into space, yeah. 
and you just happen to get that thin slice of a one in X whatever billion shot that you get some alien music suddenly enters yeah. that thing. It's art. And you hear it. Mm -hmm. Whether you think it sucks or not, it's right. art. I agree. I agree with that. It's different from... It's experiential. Non-intelligent staccato sounds right. of microwave of the Big Bang coming through. Yeah. Because there's an intelligence behind it, right? Right. Isn't that true? I but was you, right up until the, the because. No, the because. Isn't that why nature might be more about beautiful, Star Trek again? yet still isn't art? The, yes, but the nature part is what it is, right? Nature exists whether I, I'm here or not. But with the before, when you said because it's intelligence, I don't think intelligence has anything to do with it. But, oh, okay. but here's, the, here's my point. is not whether or not it's art, but but... Whether or not it's good art, you can't define that word. Yes, you can. No, you can. Just like no, just like just like you <laughs> but can. But you can't define it for me. So you we, can if we say it's about a band, valuable art or or yeah. no. worthless art. Here's, yes, you can. If it's a commodity, because of the commodity. Not, well, no, once no, you put no, a no, number no. on it, I'm done. I am not I mean. a commodities that's guy. Not, you guys can say whatever you want. That's not what I mean. I mean, if if I play a band because I'm not as I haven't. I don't want to say educated. But I haven't, I haven't experienced as much music right. as you have. Yeah. You're going to have an opinion on this that is based on knowledge and longevity and exposure. I get it. And so your opinion yeah. is worth more than mine is when it comes to music. Let me, I'm still going to listen validate, to what, Let me validate that. Hold on. Oh, okay, good. Hold on. You In know, I've tried to, I've tried to prove, the, prove this point like 15 times, and you're like, I know what you're saying. Oh, I'm not saying I know. I'm saying my point is not, out some not whether it's that. art or not art or whether it's music or not music or whether it's a painting or whether it's art or not is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying just because I like it doesn't make it good. Uh, okay, I completely agree with you. Good to who? But but then why? So then use the exam that. So then use you use an example like uh, okay, take uh, our group. We know who the Ramones are. Yeah. Okay. You know, I saw them Some in junior high. Yeah, at, uh, see, I knew, I'm just trying to bring you, trying yeah. to bring you back in. I'll give you love, I'm, brother. I don't know nothing about art, man. Well, you do too. Fuck you. So how about this? Okay, some of us. It was well, a great, I mean, show. All was of a great us, show. All of us know who Green Day is, right? Yep. Okay, and we all know that they're young people. The young people are a club. Who I've seen Billy Joe's dick like 19 times. <laughs> okay, who even? Whoa, whoa! <laughs> all you have to do is go to a concert and you'll see his dick. Really? Pretty much. Yeah. Whoa. He's naked like half the time. I'm fine on this. Whoa. If you want to go down this tangent, I'm, I'll listen all day. If you want to talk about your experience with Billy Joe's none, <laughs> none of the Ramones were naked when I saw what them. I was, it's, make it simple, though. So, obviously, you, you look at one of the young guys at the club, you know, or, or, or new guys come in. We're always constantly giving them shit about not knowing any, you know, cultural and shit, right? Someone's going to go, oh, yeah, I remember Green Day. They're like the best punk band ever, right? So, I'm going to go, okay, kid. I'm going to go, hang on. Okay. Have you ever heard of the Ramones? I'd be like, no. And you're like, okay. What we're talking about right now is pretty much, it's easy for everybody to understand. You're like, well, Jesus, you can't say great Green Day. Green Day doesn't exist without the Ramones, right? Correct. But I'm going to go, Ramones, fucking great. You ever heard the MC5? And now I'm going to lose a lot of people, a lot. right? A and lot of people you'll and, lose right there. And then you go, okay. Well, and then you listen to the MC5, and you may have a problem making a jump from MC5 to Ramones because you probably like the Ramones because, you know, whatever. 
and then you, that moment of the Ramones, and you're like, well, it doesn't really, MC5 sucks, right? You see how the problem with the idea of saying one is better than the other, or one owes something, or one's ripping something off, it's experiential. Can we agree with that? Is that what you're, are we kind of agreeing at high volume, Jay? Sort of, <laughs> sort of. I wouldn't have done that if you didn't like interrupt the point I was trying to make 19 <laughs> times. I like preferred it when you're outside pissing. But, <laughs> but if spoken what was like a the true first artist, right? a punk album you bought? Mine was a black. Who are, who are we asking? All you guys. The first the punk album first I, I, I bought was probably 1980. Album. I bought a, a black a flag album. How and it I wasn't because like I, that first. was the album I want. It was because it was the one in the, the one album right. that was punk in the in the warehouse and Yeah. Album. Somebody gave me a no effects album and it was like uh I don't even know what the name of it was, but it had like a naked chick's butt on the inside. It was yeah, it was I think it was I, the yeah. slits. <laughs> slits were. I, I was so young that, when we were listening. That, like, yeah, it would have been about that. Yeah, a cover. I could still probably draw it right now. I loved the slits album yeah. cover. God, I didn't go in through cover. punk. I went in through ska. So like probably the, the selector oh, okay. or someone really really early on, pre like before Bad Brains, and then I think Bad Brains made the jump for me they from, were awesome. from there into totally punk. Awesome, I had the yeah. same problem with punk because I was a little classical kid. And I'm like, I mean, I like what's happening, but I just, it was too, it was too much raw. of a jump for me. Yeah, and It was too raw. And yeah. It, it was too but, un... But, but there's a lot of different kinds of punk, right? I mean, you go yes. like, uh, for me, it was like this guy, I don't you know who Jonathan Richmond is? Like, you know, row, brother, row, brother, another, if you're around in Boston, everybody in Boston knows these kind of bands, right? What about the band Boston? I love Boston. Yeah, not really. They're cheesy, really but I love band. them. How about this? I know they're not speaking punk at of, all. Speaking about art that They're that, arena that rock. I love around, arena rock. How about this, right? Boston, right? I love arena rock. What did you just say, Jay? Yeah, I remember because the day I heard... The day I heard Nirvana in the car, I'm listening. It came off like fucking... I think it was Whitesnake or something. And the next song, and it's like... So the little musician guy in my head's going, oh, well, they're just fucking ripping off more than a feeling. But then like the little business guy in my head goes... Oh my God! How about everything's you, changing, and they're and reinterpreting. Sure enough, how about when you yeah. threw down the challenge to me? So which one? So which one's art, Boston or Nirvana? That was they both are. No, Boston is objectively better music. It's better recorded, better played, more musical. It's more performed. But I would prefer to listen to the Nirvana song. See, I don't. Here's I don't the think difference. it makes Nirvana not art. Brad Delp, dude. I don't. I agree I with. He I sings with higher, you. so, so he must be better. Now, I agree I with you 100. percent It's like Rush. Rush is not my particular brand of tea. I love Beware, Rush. Beware, you are I, on hallowed you ground. Canadian. I love <laughs> Rush. You Canadian power Rush. trio. Once again, he interrupts before he hears the point. I oh, am sorry. a Rush. No, I, I will. I own that. You're right. I shouldn't have interrupted. Like my point is. It's not my particular brand of tea, but I appreciate Rush Alex as, Lifeson. as good music. I know good Neil music Pert, doesn't Getty mean Lee. I have to like it. Where are you applying the... Seriously. Okay, wait. Seriously. Where are you applying the A word to that? Hold on. I got an interruption. So is art something that th- th- we have a measured scale? Or well, is it black and white? See, I think it's, it, there, there's art and there's not art. I think it's experiential. I think I don't have to agree right? with you. Yes. And I don't even have to agree with me 10 years ago or 20 years ago. 
I, mean, I don't no. ever have to agree. With me. That's what I mean by the multiverse. Like I think there's are infinite versions feel. of. It's true. No one ever. <laughs> <laughs> and the Hindus w- might have been right about everything all along. Multiverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I guess. Well, when it comes to art, yeah. And so, by the way, uh, maybe that's the whole point. Nature, it doesn't fucking matter. I could teach it or not teach it. it none of this, man. It doesn't matter. So, what if I get paid? Fuck that. I don't get to decide either. Right. Like, man, there's nothing like me getting really excited about playing something for the, the, I just started a semester. And so I get some new students. I get students who've been there for four years and he's really badass people and can do anything. Nothing like going, dude, dude, you're going to totally dig this, playing it and just getting a nothing. You know, it's, uh, and you're like, you know what? That's your, it's your class. It's not my class. It's my job to come up with something that makes you guys go nuts. Not, you, know what this you don't makes have to me, like my shit. It's a little bit of a tangent, but all I can think about, is we're so uh, Duncan takes the train into Boston because driving's a pain, <laughs> pain in the <laughs> ass, on. right? And so we're always texting back and oh, forth man. and, and oh, sending guys, things yeah, boys. Right? Via, via text <laughs> that oh, probably man. should not be out on the open. Like the, the yeah, knock, there's a story the knock, behind that. The knock list should not be out in the yeah. open. Yeah, and so seriously. We we, st- we pause because the Riddler's like I'm getting off the train I got you know I'm gonna like like I can't I gotta- and we were in a heat we were in a good like oh yeah discussion that was pretty pretty uh there's no sugar on it no and it was probably like really enlightening to a bunch of college uh, uh, level well, intelligent story, yeah. kids so the Riddler gets to gets and like all good teachers at this point he's there's no notebook there's you know everyone's got a laptop well, everything is digital everything everything's digital, digital right yeah. and, and so, I use my laptop. Right, to demonstrate as this. As a way of right. proving a point, whatever you're trying to teach. On a massive screen. Right. With is, speakers. With speakers. In surround. And so there was a pause in the text, and <laughs> the Riddler did not put his phone on, you know, sleep or whatever, or turn it no, on No, it's worse than that, Jay. I use, I use a, a, a function of Google, I, I, blah, blah, blah. The text uh, appear where on your laptop. It, uh, I, I actually text right from my laptop. I usually don't. I only use the phone if I'm on the, on the train. So mm-hmm. it just shows up on all my devices. Right. So, so, so everybody, yeah, there, go ahead. He's, so he's teaching class, and all of a sudden, these texts start popping up on his laptop, which is, of course... Connected to the projector, which never happens. So I always turn that off, and I didn't turn it off. And he's standing there with his face to the obviously towards his class. That's the best part. And you know, like any good presenter, <laughs> you're not going. Jay and okay, I are texting him these. What's things? the next thing? So he doesn't even see that they're coming up. He's, and worse, I had the notifications turned off so they wouldn't make sound. Uh, to catch you oh. up, Chris, I, I, I use my laptop when I'm teaching on this master screen. Right. And I had it all it off, and so I couldn't hear that they were binging in either. And I have my phone turned off to be. It's happening, and the the two of the guys in the front row are finally just starting to chuckle. <laughs> and I get it, like I figure it out. All of a You're sudden, like, I just oh, slam the laptop. <laughs> what did you say? Like, what did you say? What did you say? play it off or what? No, Berkeley's, you know, they're all musicians. They're most of them are adults. A lot of them are not. Um, 19 years old. A lot uh, of the people in the classes are, are, are so older people. So they appreciate Jay and I. No, they they um, thought it was fucking funny as hell. Right. right. And I can, you can, I, I swear in front of them. All Here's that. A, like, so as far as like a musician but thank you, thing, thank we, you. Were, we were trashing each other. That though. was a great moment. <laughs> right. Just a beautiful moment. If, uh, when you were talking about that Nirvana thing, it was like, yeah. remember that, so I come in here one day and I was like, Riddler, I want to learn how to play something on the piano. He's like, in three minutes, I will teach you how to play something. What do you want to play? I'm like, the doors. Okay. And in like 10 minutes, I'm playing 
Rain, Riders Rain on Manzarek, the You know what I mean? And then like, I mean, and the, this was art, dude. This was that. If it's if like, you want to talk about overrated bands, <laughs> not when you hear me play it. Two man. good songs, and they were great songs. That's it. Hey, he just wanted to learn it, all right? Not when you hear when you hear me play it. It's uh. It's art, man. It's beautiful. But uh, and then you said yep. like, oh, and I did it something different, and you're like, well, that's what's his name? Beck. Bow, Beck. Bow, and I was like, bow, whoa. Bow, but is bad, so? Let me ask bow, you this: bow. There's only like seven notes, George. Is, They're all everybody's copying. Is art right. is art like pornography where? I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. I really don't want to. I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud, but I do believe that art is like pornography. And I'm going to say I'm, I'm committed now. Here we go. Hold my hand, Jay. All right. So it's kind of like if you're in my era, that Farrah Fawcett poster. Can oh, you yeah. guys do you oh, remember yeah. that Farrah Fawcett poster or, or, deep, yeah. or deep throat? Let's just stay with that Farrah Fawcett poster. Right. And so. so yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris is off mic, but he, you know, he, he feels me. Right. So. Everybody in my generation who was into that kind of thing had that Farrah Fawcett poster. For sure. Remember? Just like that Nirvana song you're talking about, right? And then at 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 <laughs> at, at some point the, the poster doesn't work as much. Is that right? Right. Yeah, of course it doesn't. There's a new poster. A Victoria's Secret catalog does not do it but, for me but anymore. But the thing is, and then you, you can, you know, if you give it enough time. Same pose. All right, maybe say that's with, a say lie. If you give it enough time, if you go back to it a year later, you can get another week out of it or whatever, but it's going to die again, right? That's why I believe. That's art. It's that Nirvana song. How many times can you listen? You know, you get right. a new song and you listen the hell out of it for my like libido, a week and, a half, my and then mosquito. all of a sudden it's done. You know, you know, then a couple of, yeah. And that's what I mean. So I'll, let me throw something else. Maybe I can meet you somewhere else, Jay, on the art thing, right? How about this? You do own art, like that song, like that poster, like Rush. Like I own that, and that makes it art. And then sometimes it's just not quite as arty as it used to be. <laughs> you know that song that made you cry, and then all of a sudden you're like, I guess it doesn't make you cry, and then you're like, oh, God, I can't believe I even stupid cried to that. And then you're walking, sucks. But then you're walking down the, the, the aisle at the supermarket, and it's like, I'm trying to get down. <laughs> so when the I part of the matter, you're going, oh, no. <laughs> Not here. No, but that song was so stupid six months ago. Right. So when and I play stupid anymore. when I play Ray Manzarek on the Wurlitzer, is that a different? Is that even now a different thing, or is it still the same thing? When I'm playing his thing, you know what I'm saying? It's context. It's context. Hey, wait, context. can we make some kind of what we were talking? Are about Are you suggesting yeah. that that song made you cry at one point in time? Don that's Henley? the thing. I've been through the whole that song, ride on that. That one. song is fucking terrible. Boys of it's the summer. It's a shitty song. It's not Boys of Summer. It's the. I, I love Even that song. Wait, wait. But Boys that's, of Summer is an awesome song. That Boys is of Summer. A good no, no. Song. We're talking about uh, uh, the heart of the matter, right? Black Flag Fucking terrible listen, song, Jay. I know. Thank but you. But that's why. That's why it was so bad. Like when it gets to you, you're like, "What the fuck is wrong with me?" Not this one. Can you at least pull something that has some yes. sort of actual gravitas? Heart, but heart's like, "Nah, I'm gonna get you with fucking the drummer from the Eagles singing a song." Right. And it the gets Eagles you. is another good example. No, was, but you see what I mean? Like if that doesn't Eagles make it not could, great art, man. It was great could, art in that moment, Glenn man. Glenn Fry. If you could, Glenn if, Fry. If you could put all the Eagles in one bus. 
and Celine Dion in the other bus and have those two buses collide, Stand the world the corner becomes in a Winslow, better place. Arizona. Jay, 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 you could step up in front of my... I'm, again, I'm, I'm proving you that it... That I'm, Guys, I all I know at this point <laughs> is I am bowing out of this podcast. I, I think it's a I'm smart also, thing to do. Although, I'm, not that I don't enjoy it. But there are bodily functions that have to be done and uh, other stuff. And I, I'm just going to completely bow out. Makes two of us. This has been a fantastic podcast, but I'm going to leave it to El Tortuga to put it all together. All right, you guys. Brought to you by TortugaSoap.com, CrashKimonos.net. Port City BJJ, all those things. Thank you to Chris Howder for coming out, putting on an awesome seminar. You can find Amazing. him at Chris Howder Art. Is com. that where we can find you, Chris Howder Art? It is Chris Howder Art. Com. The danger zone. <laughs> more than a feeling, Chris. More than a feeling, Howder. Loving the Boston. Um, thank you guys. Good night. Peace. Bye.